and um, the Lord invited me to this church, and so I don't have a lot of natural family out here, but I got a lot of family in Christ, and so I'm grateful. Nicole, by, by your profession of faith in Jesus Christ this morning, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil the victory win? There's wonder working. give a testimony what uh, Jesus Christ has done in your life? Um, he led me in the right path and I was headed to a wrong path and just making wrong choices and um, a good friend um, brought me to this church and um, I'm just happy I'm here now and making better decisions and Jesus is in my life now. Amen. Praise God. Susan, by your profession of uh, Jesus, of faith in Jesus Christ, I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Power in the blood, would you or evil the victory win? There's wonder working. This is Dwayne. Dwayne, just share with everyone your brief testimony and what God has done in your life and your family. Well, I just, um, you know, growing up, me and uh, my dad who's here today, you know, we didn't see eye to eye, I guess you could say. I mean, it was more of, you know, just a disagreement, I guess. But um, what God has done for me is, you know, my dad is one of my best friends today, you know, and I can go to him for anything. And also I was, you know, a father and I wasn't there for my kids really. But now, you know, I see my kids every day, I get to spend time with them every day, get to teach them about God each and every day, you know, read the Bible with my kids every day. I mean, it's a blessing, you know, just all the things that I've been through and, you know, and just having this church family that believes in God and believes in everything God has to offer, you know, is amazing to me. And, you know, I can't wait to get somebody here that I know that I brought to the kingdom, you know, yes. some fruit, you know. Yeah. So that's what God has done for me. Yeah. 
Praise God. By your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, before all these people here this morning, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Power in the blood. Would you or evil the victory win? There's wonder working power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder working power. Amen. Love you too, buddy. Uh, this is a <laughs> real special. Uh, the crowd, the crowds here, Brian, and uh, just a quick back line. Brian and Marianne got get, came into our church and God restored their life. And Brian made some bad choices, and he's back in jail today. But he wants to talk to you and he wants to say something to Marianne before she gets baptized. Go ahead, Brian. Too, Brian. Okay, yeah, he, he, she, she, he, she wants you to listen, so he's still there. Yeah. Hi, my name is Mary Ann, and I used to be an addict, a meth addict for 15 years, and I've recently fallen in November. Um, as of today, I've been clean for almost seven days on the 1 a.m. I'm rededicating my life to the Lord, and he is name above all names. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I love all of you. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Blake and Andrews and this Pam for all the late, for the late night on Friday. It really helped me, and I really felt God moving in me. I felt his presence, and ever since that night, I feel like a new creation, and I'm I'm fighting right now. I have this terrible headache, and I know it's the devil trying to push me away, but I'm fighting through it, and I just want to thank everybody, and thank you, Jesus. I love you. Amen. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Marianne, by your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, uh, amongst all these people, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
morning I should give a testimony of what Jesus Christ has done for you? Uh, Jesus Christ has delivered me from anger, hate, grudges towards my dad, and um, I'm really proud that he's here right now. And I just I hope that our relationship gets better. And I just I'm, I'm just I turned into a man I never thought I would. Amen. That's it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Andy, by your profession of faith of Jesus Christ, before all these people, I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Power in the blood, would you or evil the victory win? There's wonder-working couple God is transforming and working on right now, amen. <laughs> this is Johnny. Johnny, go ahead and uh, just profess to everyone what God has done in your life and your, your marriage and your family. God has done so much in my life, I can't even begin to tell y'all, man. If I had a thousand th tongues, I couldn't thank him enough, but like he, he brought me to this church. It's a lovely home. I'm like, they made us feel welcome. I mean, me and my wife been through some struggles. Uh, we weren't living right. We were shacking, and we got married. And it's like the sky's the limit, man. We still we still getting blessed and continue getting blessed. And I just want to say thank you, Jesus. Johnny, by your profession of faith in, in Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, <clears throat> my name is Adrian Briggins, and I just first of all want to thank God um, for the storms that he's brought me through. And, and my husband's always told me that you just have to keep faith. And no matter what you go through, you just have to have faith. And God's going to bring you through whatever it is. Because the God that we serve is an incredible God. Yes, amen. And so I just want to thank God. Yeah, I could preach. But I'm, yeah, but I'm not. But, uh, yes, my mom's here. And this is special for me because I want to see my son see us get baptized. And just we want to instill in him what my parents instilled in me. And um, that is... You know, put God first, and he's going to work everything else out. So that's it. I'm ready to go under. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Adrian, by your professional faith in Jesus Christ, put your hands on your I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We can go ahead and uh, um, 
kids can go ahead and go to Sunday school and uh, children's church, nursery. Amen. You know, it's it's amazing all these all these people's lives who are being changed. And if you notice that there there's a there's a huge yeah they already did it. There's a huge diversity in this place. And just look around. This is what this is a glimpse of what heaven is going to look like. People from all different backgrounds, walks of life, income brackets, colors. It doesn't matter what. This is the house of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. This morning. How many believe that this morning? I'm going to ask you again. How many believe that this morning? That you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Old things are passed away. Addictions, hatred, violence, sins, mess, mistakes, mess-ups. All that is gone this morning. Amen? That tank was a symbol of the old person going down and a new person coming up. Amen? Just like when Jesus went down to the grave to die for you and me, he came up victorious. How many know Jesus is not in the grave this morning? How many know Jesus is not in the grave this morning? He's alive, amen, and he lives so we can live. If any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things. Say all things. What does that mean? That means everything. That means short of nothing. All things are become what? New. Amen. Say this with me. I am a new creation. In Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more big hand this morning for who he is and what he's done and what he's going to do. There's two types of people here this morning. Those that are in that, create, in that new creation life or those that need to be. And today, by faith, before you leave, you're going to be a new creation if you're here and you're saying, man, I'm in sin, I've messed up, and I've done all these things, how do I have a new life? I got good news for you. We're going to tell you this morning how to get a new life. Amen? We're going to tell you how to put your eyes on Jesus and be saved. I'm not going to take very long, but I want you to go to the book of John chapter 2 if you have your Bibles, because the Word of God is what changes our lives. Amen? I can't help but be excited this morning. That baptism was awesome. Amen? And, man, I'm a big baby when it comes to that stuff, and I get teary-eyed and I cry. You know why? Because this is real to me. This is why we have church. This is, we're not a social club this morning, amen? We're a gathering place where Jesus is preached and people can be saved. Some of y'all think you got it all together in here today, but some of us are messed up and need some help. Anybody in here need some help this morning? We need Jesus. And if you're one of those people that think you got it all together, you need Jesus more than we do. Amen. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And those lives you saw up there were not rehearsed or made up. Those were real people that had real problems in a real life. And the only thing that made them different from anybody else in the world is they found a real God. How many believe that this morning? A living God. The Bible says the just shall fall, but seven times they get back up. Amen. What an exciting miracle this morning to see somebody fall away. Somebody go back to their old life, tripped up, but say, no, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm redeemed. Amen, Marianne. I'm so excited for you. 
I'm so excited, amen? I want to talk this morning for a second about the miracle of a transformed life. The miracle of a transformed life. How many know Jesus did a lot of miracles? You don't have to believe that this morning if you don't want, but the scriptures tell us Jesus did miracle after miracle after miracle. The Bible says that he raised people from the dead. The Bible says he prayed for people that were blind and their eyes were opened up. The Bible says he prayed for paralytics that couldn't walk and they got up and walked. The Bible says he cast demons out of people that had demons in them and spirits. And one time a legion of 2,000 demons came out of a man who was cutting himself at the, at the tombs and was bound by chains and he couldn't get it straight, his life straight. But Jesus came on the scene and he believed in Jesus and those demons left his life and he turned into the first evangelist in the Bible come on church God doesn't take people that have it all together he takes up messed up people people that don't have a future and a hope and Jesus turns their life around and gives them a new chance and if you're here and that didn't get you excited you need to check your pulse and make sure you're alive amen because Jesus is real this morning and I guess if you haven't fallen hard enough to realize how merciful he is, I hope you don't have to. Amen. Because some people, when they get up there and they say what they say, they've been halfway to hell. The devil been trying to drag them into that place. Amen. But God. But God intervened. Prayer intervened. Amen. And, and today, that life of Brian and Marianne is just beginning again. Amen. By the mercy and the grace of God. Hallelujah. And she's got a friend with her today, and God's going to change your life today. Today, amen? Your life, and your life, and your life. All of you, today is the day of your change. Amen? Look at the person around you and say, if you need a change, today's your day. How many believe that? John chapter 2. Listen to this quick story, church. This is the first miracle Jesus does in the Bible. I just told you some of his miracles. There's nothing more exciting or greater in the world. I don't, there's no game. There's no Super Bowl. There's no concert. There's nothing greater than seeing a life give their, give their, their soul to Jesus Christ and be ripped out of eternal damnation in hell and go to heaven. Can you say amen? There's nothing greater. You can't offer me all the money in the world to take the, ch the change of what I just saw up there this morning. Amen? We need to get addicted to seeing lives changed for the glory of God. That needs to be our addiction. Amen? We just change that, you just change that addiction around from drugs to getting people saved. Amen? To leading people to the Lord. Telling them about Jesus. Telling them what the Lord has done. There's so much more to be said from those testimonies that we don't have time, as Johnny said. Amen. The things that Nicole has gone through this morning and God has rescued her out of, you have to get to, one day she's going to share her testimony. She only said a quick bit. Amen. God's mercy and grace is amazing. There's testimonies all over this place, and every single one of us have one, of what Jesus did for us. Amen. But in John 2, the Bible says Jesus makes his first miracle. And I want to show you something this morning that's very powerful. And, and I was talking to the guys yesterday in discipleship and men's discipleship about uh, the true cost of following Jesus Christ. Lots of people make decisions for Jesus. Lots of people are fans of Jesus. Lots of people like him on Facebook. 
But it's a whole nother story to be a follower of Jesus Christ, to take up your cross and walk a different way that the world is not walking. Amen. It's easy to sin. It's easy to mess up. It's easy to do what's natural. But it takes a real man and a real woman of God to stand up in this world and say, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be like Jesus. Amen. But he shows us something in his very first miracle that is very powerful. And I'm not going to read the whole thing for time, but I want to start at the verse 1. It says, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. I guess I am going to read it all. And they ran out of wine. And the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus says, Some of y'all are going, Oh, I like this Bible. Jesus said to her, Woman, what, does you, what concern do you have with me? My hour has not yet come. I'm just thinking somebody's going, Wow, I like this. This is a good place. Wine. It's starting his service off good. I'll get to that in a second. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. How many are good at math? What's six times 30? 180, so between 150 to 180 gallons of, of water were there, needed to be changed into wine. And it says, Jesus said, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast, and they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then have well drunk, not were well drunk. Then that which is inferior, but you have kept the good wine until now. Lord, help us understand your word this morning. Anoint this. Speak to these hearts and minds that we've prayed for this morning. They'd have a conversion experience with you, Father. And we thank you for it. And we come against every spirit of darkness in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus' first miracle was not a healing, not a deliverance of body parts. It was a transformation. There's a reason why Jesus did not do all the... Don't you think if you were at a party and there was a lot of people there, don't you think the most powerful thing you could do is find somebody who had a missing arm or find somebody who had cancer or find somebody who was blind or find somebody who had some kind of physical ailment so that they could see a physical change in a body? Couldn't Jesus have done that miracle? Didn't we see in the rest of the Gospels, time after time, the Bible says that he healed all the sick. That means everybody that came to him sick physically got healed. And again, blind eyes, bodies that were broken, paralytics, people that were even dead. He spoke to them, and the Bible says they were healed. But Jesus in this book, church, listen, he doesn't, he doesn't heal anybody. He sets a precedence for why he came. And his reason Jesus came was to transform lives. He takes water and he turns it into wine. Now, just for a 30-second throw out here for those that need to know it, amen, we're not giving you permission to drink this morning. Some of you are going, I, I knew I was in the right place this morning. God, thank you for leading me to a church that would finally say I could drink. Amen. Listen, the Bible is very clear that this was not fermented wine. Okay? 
People say all the time, man, I, they, Jesus drank wine. Jesus even turned water into wine. But listen, church, if you believe that this morning, you need to go back to the world because that's not the God we serve. If we were all here as a couple hundred people this morning and we were drinking, amen, and we were drinking fermented wine and all the wine ran out, would we be in our normal state? No. And if we were already drunk because we drank a lot, we were well drunk, as somebody would take that, amen, they were well drunk, which is not what it said, amen, they had drank well, the Bible says, if that was the case, then, then our God, who doesn't believe in sin, would take something that's natural, which is water, and turn it into something that's not natural, which is fermented. God cannot do that. It's against his nature. When he turned the water into wine that's oinos from the Greek, it means grape juice. It means fruit of the vine. It was not fermented wine. They were not drunk, and they didn't get more drunk. Because if you believe that your Savior this morning or the king of this world would go to a party and see a bunch of drunk people and say, you know what, I think my first miracle should to make some kegs here so I can get these people a little bit more drunk then you serve a different God than I serve. That's not the God I serve. The God I serve would take natural and turn it into natural. Amen. And so if you want to know what our take is, we don't drink. Unless it's drinks that are sodas and waters and grape juice and all that. We don't drink. If you want to drink, you go ahead. But it's going to lead you down a path you don't want to go down. Can you say amen? Stay away from it. That was my 30 seconds on that, just to make sure you know he didn't turn it into wine, okay? So, he, what he does is he takes this water in 150 gallons and he transforms it into wine. And the Bible says that it was better grape juice than it was at the beginning. But the key here is not so much what he transformed, but why he transformed. Amen? He needed to show, as John 18, 36 says, this is the reason I was born. Jesus is standing before the people who are going to kill him and crucify him one day, a few days later, and they ask him, are you the king? He says, I am the king in John 18, 37, and he says, it was for this reason that I was born. What reason? To come and seek and save, as Luke 19, 10 says, that which is lost. Is there anybody in here that was lost? and you needed a savior. Is there anybody in here that's lost right now? Is there anybody that wants to be found this morning? Amen. God bless you. Jesus is looking for you this morning. He's knocking on your door of your heart right now. And he's not asking you to recite scripture. And he's not asking you to do A, B, C, D to get to him. He's asking you to believe on what he did on the cross of Calvary when he came to pay a price for your life that you could never pay with all the money in the world and all the good acts in the world. He said, I'm going to come down and I'm going to die for you. He knew the day he was born why he was going to die. You know why we don't make it for the Lord sometimes? Because we don't get that. Guess what? You were born to die this morning. 
You know that people are dying all over the world for causes. They're blowing themselves up in bombs. They're setting off bombs to kill other people. People are doing suicide things all the time. People are dying for a cause. We need to know today the reason we were born was to die. But we're not dying in vain. We're dying for a king of kings and lord of lords. Amen. And I need to say this life is not mine anymore. It's Jesus's. Transform me, Jesus into who you want me to be. You know why you drink? You know why you smoke? You know why you shoot up? You know why you look for relationships? You know why you're not happy? Because you're not doing what God called you to do when he puts you on this earth, which was be a light for him in a dark world. Has anybody in here found what I'm talking about? What used to be the bottle is now prayer. What used to be drugs is now telling somebody about Jesus. What used to fill your depression used to give you a headache. But now you have peace this morning. Amen? Has anybody found that transforming life that Jesus did in the book of John? Man, this place is full of it this morning. Full of people who've been transformed by the power of a living God. There was a man one day named Ernest Hemingway. Anybody ever heard of him? That name's pretty popular. Most people know who he is, and he was famous, and he was rich. See, the world today, and I could actually list you 50,000 people today, right now, alive today, that are trying to fill the void in their heart with something besides God. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be rich. You can be poor. You can be anything. It doesn't matter if you're up or you're down. We all have a void in our hearts that only Jesus can fill. Until you give him lordship of your life, you're going to continue down a road of misery. Just going to tell you how it is. And you may be happy for a moment while that alcohol or that drug or that relationship is kind of muddling in your mind. But when you wake up in the morning and that person's not there anymore and you got the headache and you didn't find it in the relationship and you didn't find it in your sports game and you didn't find it somewhere else, you're going to be empty again. The only thing that's going to fill your life and change it forever and has the power to deliver you from that devil who hates your guts, by the way, is Jesus Christ, the transformer, the miracle maker. There's a reason why he said, I'm not going to heal anybody at this wedding. I'm not going to, we know he did that later. I'm not going to heal a blind eye. I'm going to transform so people will know why I'm here. But Ernest Hemingway was a man who is one of those examples I just want to give this morning who would put on a happy face. Does anybody know somebody who knows how to put on a happy face? Right? Outside, well, I can smile for you and I can act like everything's going real good, but inside I'm just not so happy. The world's full of those people today. And Ernest Hemingway was one of them. And the, the story of Ernest Hemingway says that there was a happy face, but on inside there was guilt and despair. If you're here this morning, you, you're one of those people who said, man, I sure would love to have that fame that those people have or that money that people have or the cars and the houses that people have. I sure would want to have that. Let me tell you something. You need to think twice about that again because all I see, and I'm, hey, I wouldn't mind having a little extra to take care of my needs, but all the people I see that are rich this morning and are famous, they're all in Betty Ford Clinic. They're all, they're all on drugs. Oh, I guess I must be looking at something different. My bad. I didn't get any feedback on that one. He was a famous author, Ernest Hemingway. And he was the model, listen, of self-sufficiency. He was hardworking, 
And it's a fact that he enjoyed partying with lots of women and lived the life he wanted to live. See, for some people, that, that right there, that statement just makes you go, hmm, that sounds good. I just, the, the life of, of, of just a bunch of partying and just fun and money and fame, and that's what Ernest Hemingway had. He was, he was very fulfilled in that kind of a life. But it says that a magazine ran into an article, matter of fact, that was actually praising Ernest Hemingway's lifestyle. I know some articles today that do that. The news, the radio, and movies. Everything glorifies the Hollywood lifestyle. Amen? We got people who are famous today because of their name. I'm not going to name any names. Some of them are named after hotels, but I'm not going to name any names. We got people who are famous because of other people that are famous, and somehow because of their name, they're famous. Amen. I don't know what the name of that hotel is. Motel 6. But he said, listen to this, a magazine said about Ernest Hemingway as they were praising his lifestyle, the article quoted the Bible saying the wages of sin is death. Church, the world knows the Bible more than we do. This article said the wages of sin is death, but for Ernest Hemingway, it obviously paid off. That was written in a magazine about Ernest Hemingway. The wages of sin is death, but for Ernest Hemingway, it obviously paid off. See, the problem with the world today is they're focused on what we're living right now. This temporary body that is so fragile that it's going to pass away real quick one day. And, and once that body's done, then comes eternity. Have you thought about eternity this morning, everybody that's here? I just want to get you to think for just a second about what happens when this body expires. If you want to go ahead and believe that the lights are just going to go on out, you go ahead and believe that. And they are going to go out for about a millisecond. And when they come back on, they're going to be bright. And last time I checked, they were red. Amen. If you don't know Jesus, the lights are going to come back on, and they're going to be red, and they're going to be hot. I'll just go ahead and move on. I'm just making sure you knew that that was there. Amen. We preach the truth here, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. We'll tell you about Jesus and all his miracle transforming power, but we're also going to tell you if you reject him, that's where you're going this morning. And this is a Sunday morning crowd, and we got to try to, you know, get those people and ease them in, but I need to let you know that place exists this morning, and you don't want to go there, and you don't have to go there. You can go to heaven this morning. Amen. But you're going to have to change your life and put your faith in Jesus Christ this morning, and then God will do all the rest. Wages of sin is death. Hebrews 9, 27. Dylan said this when he preached Wednesday night. It is appointed unto man. How many times to die for those people that believe in, in uh, incarnation? How many times? Once to die, and then what? Then comes judgment. See, we're going to stand before God one day. And we're going to stand before him. And this is where I said a couple weeks ago, there's just two types of people, believers and unbelievers. Everybody here right now is going to stand before the living God. Not one of the millions of gods, the living God. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, the Alpha and the Omega, 
the beginning and the end, the creator of this world, we're going to stand before him and give, give an account for our lives. There's only one thing that's going to matter. Did I believe on Jesus Christ? And if I did, the Bible says that I'm going to enter into paradise and I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. But if I did not and I do not accept Jesus Christ, the Bible says God will say these words, I know you not, depart from me, doer of iniquity, and you'll be cast into the fire. That's the gospel. But again, you don't have to go there. I'm just making sure you know that this morning. The wages of sin is death, they says, but the gift of God is eternal life. I'm just going to add that in because I didn't want to add that in. But Ernest Hemingway, obviously for him it paid off. There was not the follow-up interview on that statement. Isn't it interesting how the news works? There was no follow-up to that. That was what came out in the interview. It said, Ernest Hemingway, it for him has paid off. But they didn't realize that six months later, Ernest Hemingway took a gun and shot his head off and killed himself. His last words as he wrote them were this. My, work, my life is as empty as a vacuum tube. In his writings, he once wrote, I can't stand to think that my life is going so fast and I'm not really living it. He portrayed on the outside strength, but on the inside he was crumbling. That's the world we live in today. Don't buy what the world is trying to sell. Amen? Don't buy it. There's only one way to happiness this morning, and it's a relationship with a living God who loves you and died for you and paid a price for you and wants to have a life of relationship with you. He's a transformer, the miracle of a transformed life. I don't know what you're seeking for this morning, but I want to end up in Ezekiel 37 real quick, and I'm not going to read this either. Matter of fact, I'm just going to have you go there, and so you can read it later. Ezekiel 37. The Bible says to Ezekiel, he's looking at a valley of dry bones. He's looking out, and the Spirit of God says to Ezekiel, the prophet, and for anybody in here that doesn't know anything about the Bible, the prophets in the Old Testament, they prophesied, they spoke what was going to happen today, thousands of years ago. And they didn't say anything vague like, well, the sun's going to rise in the east and it's going to set in the west. That's not what they said in the prophecies. They said, matter of fact, I don't have time to go into it, but everything you're seeing today, you think it's good to read the news? Read the Bible. The Bible's more clear than the news today. And everything that's happening in the news, church, all this stuff that's going on around the world is in the Bible. It's there. And God spoke through Ezekiel to tell the future and Isaiah and Daniel of when Jesus was going to come on the earth and what he was going to do so that we could have eternal life. But in Ezekiel 37, he says to him in verse 1, he, he says, look out upon this valley and he says, look at, there's the valley of full of dry bones. You know what the dry bones re represent? Lives. Destroyed by sin. Dead lives. Bones. A pile of bones. Just in your mind for just a second, just picture a pile of dry bones. That represents your life and my life and anybody else's life before Jesus Christ. A mess. 
How many know there's a lot of people walking around together trying to hold their bones together? Amen. They're trying to keep it together, but bones are all over the place. They're a mess. Right? You put the clothes on. You can put the makeup on. You can put the, 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 the facade on. You can, you can do, drive the car. You can do whatever, but you're still a valley of dry bones without Jesus Christ. You're, you're dead. And he says, Ezekiel, can these, and this is the question I want to ask you. He says, Ezekiel, can these bones live? See, the world will tell you that you're already living. That's what the world will tell you. You're already living. Live it up. And listen, I'm going to be honest with you this morning, and people know me. If I didn't know Jesus Christ, oh, I would not be in this church this morning. I'm not here because I feel like being here. I'm here because God transformed my life and turned my life around. I promise you right now, if I wasn't saved, I'd be in bed. Sleeping in from a long night last night. Oh, I guess I'm not talking to anybody else that's lived in the real world before. I'm sorry. I must be in the wrong place. I can't talk about that stuff in church. I'm just being real. If Jesus wasn't real, I wouldn't be here. I don't blame the world. I don't blame the world for what they do because I do it too. And if you're sitting here going, oh, I wouldn't. No, you, yeah, you would. Some of you still do. I'm just joking. Y'all led me up to that. But you don't have to. Y'all led me up to it. You were so quiet, you made me say that. Amen. Can we be real? The sin is fun for a moment. And I'm telling you, if Jesus wouldn't have turned my life around, I was those dry bones. I was with as many, and I hate to say this because my daughters are in here. But they know I've been real with them my whole life. I was with as many women as I could be with. I, didn't, I wish I'd have had kids first. Golly, I wish I'd have had kids first. I would have treated women so different. Now, God gave me two daughters. I wanted a son. He said, nope, you messed up so bad, I'm giving you two daughters. I'm going to make you pay. Nope, no son. No son. Kristen hates sports, and Desi... She'll, she'll watch it every once in a while with me. I have the best daughters in the whole world, by the way, just to throw that in. The best daughters ever anybody could ever ask for. But one of the reasons they've turned out so good is because I've always been real with them. I'm not proud of who I was before I got saved, but I'm telling you that I'd still be that person today if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. If you're going to live for the world, go out and live it. If you, if you, if you still like this world, Go. Live it up. You might as well. Why is it so quiet in here? They say, I don't like this church too because they tell me I can go live it up. Some of y'all going, man, I am in the right place this morning. I can drink. I can go live it up. The pastor said I can do whatever I want. Man, I like this church. No. Live it up. I'm just saying choose this morning who you'll serve. Choose Jesus. Pick the life that's going to give you happiness. But if you're going to play the religion game, that's where I'm trying to go. If you're going to play the religion game and you're just going to show up to church to think it's making God happy, but you're not giving him your heart, go live it up. Go live it up. Go ahead and get it in because eternity's coming. But when you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and you know, Marianne, what he's redeemed you from. 
all of a sudden he becomes real, don't he? He becomes more real than any words could ever express. We're not saying go out and try it this morning. See, that's one of the things I thank God for with my children is on the mission field. They saw so many people messed up and the end result, they don't want to have anything to do with that stuff. So you don't have to go out and try it. Just watch somebody else mess up. Be smart. And you can listen. If, you, if you, anybody wants to try drugs, just go talk to Marianne. Amen? Is that okay, Marianne? You, she's, she knows okay with that. Go talk to her and just let her tell you a little bit. Go talk to Gloria. Go talk to Nicole. Just go find someone in here and say, hey, how's that drug thing work out for you? Well, how long do you got? Gangs, violence, go on and on. There's somebody in this church you can talk to and say, hey, could you just sit me down real quick and tell me, why, again, I don't want to do those things? I'd love to have, I wish I could video Brian. I wish I could video, I wish I could take video and so he could preach to you. He was about to preach on the phone. Because he'd give his right leg to be sitting right there where he was again. Right there. Amen? And he will, I believe in Jesus' name. I believe God can do a miracle. I believe God's got a hold of his heart. There's nothing impossible with God. Amen? But he's happy anyways because all he wanted was to see Marianne come back into this church and his kids. Amen? Musicians, you can come. The valley of dry bones, dead people. And he says, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, Lord, I don't know. Only you know. And God says to Ezekiel, prophesy over them. Speak over them. See, that's why at the beginning of the message, I could tell you, young lady, that today you're going to have a new life. Because I'm prophesying over your past is gone. And today is a new day, a beginning of a new life. And all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? And, and everything else is gone. And I don't know all of you. I just know the situation. It, it, I'm, I, if I could take the time to tell every single one of you this morning, I'd look you straight in your eyes and tell you, don't worry, that's just sound. I'd tell you straight to your eyes. I prophesy over you. And you can live. You can live this morning. And some of you are in here. You feel, man, I've never cussed, I've never this, I've never that. Guess what? You're just as lost as the people who did. We're all on the same plane. Sin is sin. A bad thought, listen, the consequences are different between a bad thought and killing somebody, but they're both going to send you to hell without Jesus Christ. So don't sit here and go, man, I, I'm glad I'm not one of those people. Praise God you've never done those things. But have you ever lied? Have you ever had a bad thought? Have you ever got angry? There's all kinds of stuff. And that's the problem. We get saved a lot of times. See, a lot of people in here, we're all in a process. We're all in a process. I almost got in a fight Monday at the basketball court. I'm in a process. Everybody knows I'm a pastor. And that was why I almost got in a fight. We're in a process. When you mess with my integrity, man, I get mad. Do was messing with my integrity. I told the guys, I said, not today. I've had a bad week. Not today. I just said, not today. That's all I said. Promise. No cussing, no nothing. I don't cuss. I just said, not today. Not today. Not today. You ever had a day like that? Just giving the warning? Not today. Not today. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. Not today. I'm just trying to show you I'm still human too. We all need a savior this morning. The process is never done.
But I'll tell you what, I love Jesus with every fiber in my being. And he's so real to me this morning, that's why I cry. And I say, God, never, ever, ever let me stop crying for people. Never. If you watched the baptism today and you saw and listened to those things and you didn't get touched, let Jesus into your life. Let him into your life. I like to preach every message like it's my last. I don't know what tomorrow is. I don't know what tomorrow brings. But I want to see every single one of you in heaven. So does Jesus. For this reason, I was born. Romans 8.1 says, if anyone is in Christ, there is now no condemnation. Maybe you're here this morning and you believe everything I'm saying, but you say, man, you don't know what I do. You don't know what I do. No, I don't. But God does. And he already died for it. You don't know what I've done. No, I don't. But Jesus already died for it. When he was on the cross, he died for that sin. He died for what you did last week. He died for what you did 10 years ago. And he died for what you're going to do in 10 years. It's covered. And the Bible says the only thing you have to do is believe on that. Confess he's Lord. But then church, you need to change. You need to say, God, help me change. I don't want to do that stuff anymore because I love you so much. Jesus is in the transforming business. If you close your eyes this morning and bow your heads.